praise and worship as we concentrate this morning on unwrapping the gift of peace. It's a delight for me to join you in this worship service during this Advent season as we reflect upon the various gifts that God has given to his church uh, through the work of Jesus our Savior. This morning we're going to be looking at a familiar passage that comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, reading verses 18 through 25. I invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to that passage. It's found on page 1,468 in your pew Bibles. And as we look at this passage together, let's ask God for his guidance and blessing. Heavenly Father, once again, we stand before your word, and we thank you for the instruction and guidance that is given to us in it. And as we look at this passage of Joseph accepting the idea that he was going to be the father, earthly human father, of the Son of God, and as he wrestled with what that meant in his life and found peace by doing what God had called him to do, we pray that that same peace may be given to each of us in this Christmas season. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. The theme for our Advent sermon this morning is unwrapping the gift of peace. Peace is something wonderful. It's much more than merely the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of great good and calm and prosperity and blessing. In the great depths of the oceans, the pressure is enough to crush a submarine like a can of Coke. In order to explore down deep, oceanographers have developed bathish beers. They are like miniature submarines made out of steel plates that are very thick to press against the pressures that are coming from the outside. They stop the pressure on the outside to protect the scientist on the inside as they do their research of the ocean. 
And when those bathyspheres finally settle on the ocean floor and turn on their lights, the scientist inside can see the fish swimming easily in the water, fish with very thin skins, and yet they can float and, and swim without any difficulty at all, even though we would be crushed by the pressure that they are in. They are able to swim freely and easily because the pressure on the inside is equal to and opposite the pressure that comes to them from the outside. Joseph was a man under pressure. The stress of the circumstances that he was dealing with were more than anyone can begin to comprehend. He felt like his life was being crushed and his story is woven into the Christmas story. And it's a story that we can reflect on and benefit from today. It starts in verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. The wedding and marriage customs in that day were quite different from the marriage customs in our day. Couples were engaged through arrangements that were made by their parents. Couples were not entrusted with that responsibility on their own. The idea was that parents had to be involved in that process. Sometimes professional matchmakers were even employed to help out, sort of an ancient version of our modern internet dating services that are available today. In that first century society, marriage was considered too important to be handled by the young people involved themselves. Parents were involved in the process early on. Sometimes mates were chosen while the children were still quite young. Engagements were made when children were in their childhood even. And sometimes they didn't even know the partner that their parents had selected for them until many years later. During this time, the boy and the girl may not even have met and known each other. Next came the betrothal period. This was the time in which they were given the opportunity to give their assent to the relationships that the parents had entered into for them. It's closer to what we know as engagement today. If any of the partners wanted out, if they wanted to step out of that arrangement that the parents had made, they had the opportunity to do so. But if they agreed, if they were betrothed to one another, they were regarded as husband and wife, even though they did not live together yet. Close relationships were established, but they still lived separate lives until after the marriage ceremony took place. And that marriage ceremony was often a huge celebration, sometimes lasting for an entire week as the families would gather to celebrate the great event that was taking place. And it was only then, after that period of time of celebration, that they lived together and sexually consummated 
their relationship. Now, it was during this betrothal period that Joseph heard that Mary was pregnant. We are not told in the scripture how he found out about this. Perhaps she told him. Or perhaps it was street gossip that made its way outside of her home and, and eventually made its way to Joseph's ears. And when he heard it, Joseph's life caved in. It seemed obvious to him what had happened. He had assumed that she loved him. He had assumed that she was a virgin. He had assumed that she was completely different from the kind of woman that he now thought she might be. How do you describe that churning mixture of love and disappointment and anger? He was hurt. He was humiliated. He was mad. But still he loved her and he wanted her. And in this small town, everybody would know. Maybe everybody knew already. They probably even knew the other guy's name. He must have wondered whether to put his fist through the wall, whether to go out and get drunk, whether to lie on his bed at night crying, or whether to leave town and never show his face in that place again. Gone were his dreams of the wedding, of the marriage to Mary, of their living happily ever after. When caught by surprise, when crushed by circumstances, when deeply disappointed, it's hard to imagine that God could ever make your life whole and useful and important and meaningful again. Perhaps you've been where Joseph was. Maybe you feel like somebody who has just been hit in the stomach with a baseball bat. It seems as if circumstances are crushing in all around you. Life is caving in on you and you don't know how to deal with it. But Joseph was a good man. He wanted to do the right thing. We're not always like that. Some of us want to get even. Some of us want to get an eye for an eye and knock out a tooth for a tooth. We want revenge. We want to get even. But that was not Joseph. We read in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph had concern and compassion for the woman he thought had so cruelly betrayed him. From the information he had, she was immoral, unfaithful, and guilty of a Jewish law that carried with it a capital offense. He could have imagined anything that had happened to him that would be less painful than this. And yet he wanted to protect her from embarrassment, from harassment, and from 
social disgrace. And I admire Joseph for that. The more common response would be to criticize and, and condemn his wife-to-be. You know how it is with those who feel they have been wronged. You've read the divorce papers. You've been around those who have been hurt. Rarely is there a lot of love and compassion and concern shown to the person they feel is responsible. Joseph was not a Christian because there was not yet a Christ. Jesus had not yet been born. But certainly Joseph was a Christian in his response to this disaster that took place in his life. First in his mind and priorities was to do the right thing. No wonder God chose him to be the father who would raise God's son. May we all be like Joseph. May you and I want to do the right thing when we feel cheated and criticized and attacked and betrayed. The world is full of people who are aggressive and defensive and self-centered and see others as an enemy to be defeated. Blessed are those who want to do what is right, no matter how hard that may be for them. Joseph had pretty much made up his mind. He determined he was going to have to initiate a divorce. He didn't see any other way out. But he determined to do this quietly and privately. He would say nothing at all about this to Mary. He would carry the hurt that he felt within his own heart. And, but he would treat her with dignity and respect, whether she deserved it or not. This would free her to marry the father of her child, and Joseph would carry his heartbreak and sorrow alone. I wonder whether he cried himself to sleep that night. I wonder if he forced himself to cry quietly so that no one else would hear or know. I wonder if he dreaded the morning light when he would have to go to talk to Mary and tell her of his decision to divorce her and let her go to find her own separate way of life. I wonder when he finally fell asleep. But while he slept, Joseph had a dream. Verses 20 to 23 an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. When he awakened, Joseph must have thought that this was the strangest dream he ever had. Perhaps he laughed at the way the human mind can somehow rationalize almost anything that we desperately want if we want it badly enough. This dream was so far-fetched, so out of the ordinary that Joseph wondered whether it could possibly be true or real. Maybe this was something that he had manufactured 
out of his own mind. How could Joseph possibly know that he was the focal point of an ancient prediction made by the prophet Isaiah many years ago, found in verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Usually I'm skeptical of those who dream their messages from God. I want to ask what they had for dinner the night before, or what they'd been smoking. And yet I know that God uses a variety of methods and messengers in order to communicate his truth to each of us. If Joseph had called me the next morning and asked whether or not to believe the dream, I would say yes. Not because of the dream and not because of the message, but because Joseph was a righteous man who always wanted to do what was right. He wasn't the kind of man who was looking for some wacky vision, but he was a solid, steadfast, predictable, and righteous man. Yes, I would say, Joseph, I believe that you just heard a message from God. What would I do if I faced his stress and turmoil and wanted direction from God? First of all, I would pray. Then I would read the Bible, looking for guidance and direction from God's word. Then I would consult with some trusted and godly friends who have my best interest at heart and would be willing to listen and give their input. And then finally, I would trust God to get his message to me in any form or way that he chose to communicate. I certainly wouldn't expect him to use a dream. But the point is the message from God and not the method of God. When Joseph delivered, we received that message and woke the next morning, he faced one of the most difficult decisions of his life. Verses 24 and 25. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. This was not an easy thing for Joseph to do. It would have been far easier to go through with a divorce, to forget about Mary, to find another wife in that town. To marry Mary meant to live with the rumors and the whispers that would go on about their marriage from that point on. It meant raising a child that was not his own. How could he possibly do something like that? It meant future years with a long list of unanswered questions. But remember that Joseph was a righteous man. Obeying God and doing what was right was far more important to him than taking the easy path. He demonstrated what some of the many Christians in our world today have learned since then. 
that the right way is not necessarily the easy way, but the right way is often the hard way. Jesus said that many years later when he said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and those who enter through it are many, but narrow is the gate, and hard the way that leads to life, and only a few find it. So often we choose what is wrong and easy. If things don't work out well in the short order, we assume that we must have made a terrible mistake. But let's learn from Joseph. Do what is right, whether it turns out to be easy or not. Matthew 1 closes with these words. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. It's interesting that the Bible would mention this in the telling of the Christmas story. That seems to be a detail that's private and intimate. And the rest of us really don't need to know about that matter. Especially since our society has taught us that sexual satisfaction is virtually a human right. But Joseph was willing to postpone a sexual relationship with Mary. He was willing to postpone something that he had the right to do now that he had taken her as his wife. And he was willing to postpone that because he thought this was the right thing for him to do. He waited because he believed Mary when she said she was a virgin. He waited because he wanted to make sure that there would no, be no doubt at all that, that Jesus was miraculously conceived. He put God's plan and Jesus' reputation ahead of his own personal wants and desires. I could get stressed out just thinking about Joseph's situation here. Engagement, betrayal, hurt, anger, dream, decisions, wedding, abstinence, baby. That's quite a road to travel. It's enough to churn the soul and wreck the life of any man, and yet I sense a subtleness and a peace about Joseph that I admire and desire. I want to know how he did it. Where did Joseph get this peace on the inside when he was swirled by a tornado on the outside? The answer is in the baby. The coming of Jesus into his life settled his soul. God showed him the right way, and he chose to do the right way. He chose to follow what God told him to do. And his formula is one that is good for all of us to follow. When life seems to cave in on us, choose to do what is right. Listen to the voice of God. And when you wake up and actually decide what to do, do what God wants you to do. 
no matter the price that you have to pay. And then you too can experience the peace that comes with Jesus. Gordon MacDonald was a popular author and speaker. And one day after he finished giving a lecture, he, approached, he was approached by a Nigerian woman who was a physician on the staff of a United States teaching hospital. She introduced herself with a familiar American name. And then Gordon asked her, what was your African name? And she replied with several syllables that had an unusual but musical sound to it. And he asked her, what did that name mean? And she went on to explain what her name meant. Child who takes the anger away. And then she explained, my parents had been forbidden by their parents to marry but they loved each other so much that they decided to go ahead anyway without the blessing of either family. And both families were hurt by that decision that they made and, and for years they didn't have anything to do with this young couple until the mother became pregnant And when this baby girl was born and the grandparents came and took this little baby in her arms, in their arms, the walls of hostility started to tumble down. And she said, I became the child who swept the anger away. And that's the name my mother and my father gave to me. The same thing can be said about another name. He is the child who settles the tumultuous heart. He heals the tormented soul. He equalizes the pressure on the inside so that we don't get crushed and imploded from the outside. He brings the alienated together. He is the child who takes the anger away. He is the one who brings peace. And his name is Jesus. Because he went on to live a perfect life and to suffer and die on Calvary's cross and then rose again on Easter morning, triumphant over sin and death and the grave so that all who put their trust in him might have the hope of sins forgiven and the life and, 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 and the assurance of life eternal. And during this Christmas season, as we unwrap the gift of peace, let's follow the example of Joseph. When life caves in on us, choose to do what's right. Listen to the voice of God. And then do whatever God tells you to do, no matter how hard it may be for you. And then you too will experience the peace that only Jesus can bring.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the story of Joseph and the struggle that he went through when he learned about the pregnancy of Mary and finally came to realize that this was a divine gift from God, the coming of a little baby named Jesus, who was fully God and yet became fully human through the virgin birth in order that he might deliver and save his people from their sins. During this Christmas season, help us to unwrap that wonderful gift of peace so that we may know with certainty that we belong to him and that in the trials of life, we can depend upon him to walk with us and give us the peace that only he can give. For we pray in Jesus' name.